internet. Derek's back. First of all, yeah, I am, yeah. and that's the most important piece of news. Yeah. Second of all, the second most important piece of news. Uh, a very happy 40th birthday to oh, my co-host, uh, Dale DeRuder. Thanks. Uh, don't worry. I'll still uh, have this podcast chock full of dick jokes and immaturity. You will. I'm not going to let this... Uh, <laughs> that age of 40 go to your head. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to... Let, I'm just not going to let this change me in any way. Um, I know it's a big one. I don't know. I've always insisted that everybody's like, do you feel old now that you're 40? And I'm always like, well, once I got gout, I just felt like an old man. Yeah. That's and like Benjamin. It's like once you get gout, you're yeah. Benjamin Franklin for the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like get a powder wig and like a fucking colonial jacket. And I've been getting these urges to fly kites in lightning storms. <laughs> Did he actually do that, or was that just like a cartoon they showed kids so they'd kill themselves? Was that him, or was that Isaac Newton? That was him, wasn't it? Didn't he discover electricity? Fuck, don't don't make me Google that. Newton was the guy with the apple. All right. Which I still don't understand how that explains gravity. It's like Newton never saw something fall before. <laughs> no, it was the apple was the first time. <laughs> he was like, Everything else was just suspended in midair. Yeah, he was like, oh, this thing fell. And it like hit him in the head, and he's like, gravity. And I was like, okay. Oh, dude. So, speaking of gravity, already on a tangent. <laughs> That's a, as you, I'm not going to let the age of 40 change me. It's time was, for a tangent. So, I was listening to Joe Rogan podcast, as I always do, but he was talking to Bob Lazar. Who, I, I have opinions. Have you checked out Bob Lazar? I have not. Dude, it's fucking crazy. So, this guy worked on, like, supposedly, according to Bob Lazar, there's like a... There's a documentary on Netflix, so you could, like, watch all about it. But he was trying to reverse engineer alien technology, and he was talking about this gravity... This is some Area 51 shit. Oh, no, it's, like, Area 52, because that's the actual one that's just down the road. <laughs> I don't know, they talk about it. But anyways, the gravity just reminded me of it. They had this gravity drive that's, like, the size of a basketball on a plate, and once it's turned on, it's, like, anti-gravity, so you can't, like force anything on it because anything that you try to touch it it's like reverse gravity so it's like when magnets are opposite poles and then so they're talking about this and he was like yeah and then once you figure out gravity uh you kind of figure out time and space and because time doesn't exist in a black hole and it just fucking blew my mind we learned that in interstellar yeah but interstellar was kind of like a dope-ass movie it that was, was extremely good. It was super good, and then it kind of just got so cheesy, and I feel it kind of like, I don't know, I just, I felt let down by the science of it. Super it was all good. Like, it was all like, Excellent and then movie. I pushed books out from the back of the library. And yeah. like, what does that have to do in with In the time? Tesseract or whatever. Why whatever would he, he time travel to behind a bookcase? It doesn't make sense to me. To warn his daughter. So he could time travel into solid matter? Yeah, Dale. I feel like time travel, okay, if I suspend my disbelief and accept time travel, I feel like you can't just go into solid matter. Like, the main reason we can't time travel backwards is because the Earth is spiraling through space. And if you do actually go back in time, you'll just end up where you were on the Earth right now. It's so a you'll fucking just be in a black void. Science fiction. So, for time travel to work, you also have to master teleportation technology and you have to get like a supercomputer to fucking analyze where the earth is, what's on the earth, where it would be. Because the earth is well, spinning. Well, because the earth is spinning yeah. around. So that's the other thing. Yeah. And, and that's, what, you know, I think it's dumb that you're critiquing it this way. But uh, <laughs> that's also like a really yeah. good point. Like if you were in the same place and you teleported like 40 years back, yeah. you could just be like hurtling through the inky blackness of space. Yeah. Or if you managed to somehow get on where the earth was 40 years ago and you didn't match the spinning, you just get like fucking pulped by like a wall or something. Like you just be turned into red mist because the earth spins at what? Some ungodly rate. And then if you transport back, would you be spinning with the earth or would you miscalculate the axis of the spinning? Like say you're like, go back in time and you're fucking spinning the way the earth is tilted on its axis in August, but it's actually June. So it's off a bit. So you're kind of spinning, 
but you're not matching the direction, so you just fucking shoot right into a wall. Have you ever heard of the uh, Philadelphia experiment before? Like that Tom Hanks movie? No. Is it? No. Wasn't that just the one where... He got AIDS. Yeah. That's, not that experiment. That's not the Philadelphia <laughs> no, experiment. I mean, that was a Philadelphia experiment. <laughs> not the Philadelphia experiment. Uh, there was apparently this, like, top secret uh, U.S. naval... Uh, test where they attempt to teleport a Navy ship full of sailors Mm -hmm. in Philadelphia at the Naval Yard. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it apparently teleported it. But when it, like, teleported, all the people inside were, like, fused into the warship. And there were, like, all these, like, arms and legs sticking out of walls and shit. Were Uh, they, like, alive for, like, a millisecond or were they already dead? I mean, I I don't know. To, like, really horrify myself, I like to imagine that they were alive for a very long time until they were euthanized. Or you can probably still go onto the ship and hear their screams. Yikes. Yeah. Also, like, would it be, like, their whole body was in or just, like, their leg was just off and fused? Yeah, like, that's the thing. Great questions. I mean, I've watched enough Star Trek to know that even in, like... A thousand years or whenever Star Trek takes place. Yeah. You know what my problem is with Star Trek? Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> hey, they never fucking go behind a bookcase in Star Trek and poke out the books. Fuck. But, like, they still fuck up with the tele... There's, like, always at least one or two episodes in every season where they're like, oh, we had a teleporter mistake and now there's an evil version of Will Riker. Wasn't that the fly also? The entire plot of the fly. Oh, yeah, and then he, like, got... He, like, like, a fly fly. flew in, and then it matched their DNA or whatever. Uh, Or their genes. All right. That was, like, seven minutes worth of tangents. Hey, welcome to Outrage Factory. As always, I'm your co-host, Derek Bolin. I'm your other co-host, Dale DeRuiter. Uh, What I was gonna say before all of that shit was, do you remember how fucking old 40-year-olds seemed to you when you were, like, 15 or 16? Oh, bud. Like, it's that whole thing. You're, like... When you're a kid, you're like, oh, maybe I'll figure some stuff out when I'm like 18 or 19. Because you like see 18 or 19 year olds, you're like, they're so old, they know so much. Then you turn 18 or 19, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't just gain some special knowledge. You're like, okay, 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 maybe my 30s. So you turn 30, and you're like, no, that's okay. 30s, the new 20, blah, blah, blah. I'm still young. And then, like, in your 30s, you're like, look at 40 year olds, and you're like, well, they have houses. They all own their own cars. They have, like, careers. They must know what they the They should know what's doing. up. And, like... Nope. Now that I'm 40, I'm like, how is the earth still working? Nobody knows fucking anything. <laughs> Everybody's just guessing. And it's like... Like, out at Can't work. even make a movie about black holes <laughs> yeah. properly. Any, idiots. Any job you ever have. Anybody. Somebody's like, are you doing this right? You're like, yeah, fuck, I'm doing it right. Shut up, Tom. And you're like, I don't fucking know what I'm doing. I kind of know what I'm doing. This is my best guess. And then you just do it. And you're like, oh, thank God that worked out. Dude, every job I've ever had, I've been like, I have imposter syndrome. This is, And then I talk to other people and they're all like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing either. And you're like, perfect. Let's just accept that nobody knows ever. The scariest thing is every single high paid executive has imposter syndrome. They're like, 100%. I'm getting paid this much. If they figure out I'm a fraud, I'm done for. But- Everybody's so worried about themselves getting found out that they don't pay enough attention to find anybody else out. That's so. One thing I learned uh, to work sobriety into this. Check out my sobriety podcast, uh, yeah. Club Soda Club. But one thing when I sobered up, because I used to drink all the time because I was super self conscious and I needed to like get drunk enough to a point where I didn't care what other people thought of me, so I could just like. Oh, I did the same thing, except for I died inside. (laughs) And now I just make horribly dark jokes about anything bad that happens. Uh, That's probably healthier, at least physically, if not mentally. I don't know, because you could just quit getting drunk. I don't know if I could just stop being so jaded. I mean, I probably could if I, like, meditated. Yeah, took some healing crystals, got your chakras aligned. Yeah. Um, but sobering up, I was like, I would go out to bars and I would be like, for the first few times, it was like, oh my God, like people are going to notice me. This is awful. And then, uh, oh, it took like all of one time for me to be like, oh, all of these people are too involved with their own shit. What did you do, Dale? I knocked some stuff into the sink. That's Sorry. Sorry. Uh, but like everyone's just too self-absorbed to pay attention to anyone oh, else yeah. anyways. Always. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. 
like you said, you just you drink so you don't pay attention to what you're doing as much. Yeah. Like how much do you even notice me when we're recording these podcasts? And how much are you like, oh, I wonder how, how I'm sounding and coming across? Well, I've been wanting to build a wall between us <laughs> like so I could put wall. a mirror so I could just stare into my own eyes as I'm talking. I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't get yourself to co-host. Uh, while I was gone. By the way, I was gone. This is my uh, episode. Oh, we talked about that already. But uh, shout outs to uh, Keenan Foster for uh, taking over co-hosting duties. It was a good, good episode. Yeah, yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah. Everybody's super into it. Well, no, I'm more into it than the episodes with me, right? No, because everybody keeps saying that you and me have such good chemistry. Yeah. And it's like. we're gay for each other. Yeah. And I'm like, do they want us to hook up? Are they like. We promise. Everybody's like. You guys have really good chemistry on the podcast. And you're like, you know, we French kissed in high school. Did you hear about that? Do you want us to be a couple? Dude, was it just in high school? Dude, I feel like we French kissed at, like, random intervals throughout our lives. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> a lot. I mean, I'm not denied it. I'm just trying to – I was just trying to think about it. Hey, if we hit uh, $50 in Patreon donations uh, <laughs> today, Dale and I will upload a video of us French kissing to YouTube. And the best thing was, like – I told someone that me and you had French kissed. Like, what? You French kissed a dude? And I'm like, you've never French kissed a dude? Like, how do you know you don't like it? Also, I'm a pretty effeminate man. So thank you to whoever called me a dude. I don't want to burst your bubble, but your mouth isn't as soft and sensitive (laughs) as any female I've ever kissed. All right. It might be the stubble. It's definitely, yeah. I got a a full beard going on. Yeah. That probably wouldn't help. That's kind of hard to ignore. Uh, if we hit $100 on Patreon today, I will make Dale French kiss my beard. Just like lick your face? Just lick it all. Lick That's it all probably down. less involved than French kissing you. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, so. Maybe we'll invert those two. Speaking of like sexuality. Not, not your finest segue, but I'll take it. Mario Lopez. Speaking of Mario hey, Lopez. Guess what? Mario Lopez doesn't think three-year-old kids can pick their own gender. We're, and you know what? We're, we're going to get in trouble for this Hot one. Take. And I agree. Three-year-olds can't pick their gender. Okay, so backstory. Um, Mario Lopez, who hosts some fucking dumb reality show now, America's Got Talent? Uh, the voice. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Everybody he, knows he hosts the show. AC Slater. Know, he was yeah, and he was on Dancing with the Stars for like one, eight yeah. years, and then he was like, yeah, he's he's just like one of those guys who was like perennial kind of famous. I mean, to be fair, he did more probably with his Saved by the Bell uh, springboard than Dustin than actually probably anyone else. Uh, Mark Paul Gosler was in fucking CSI. Didn't do much. Oh no, wait, Law and Order. He was was in Franklin and Bash. Dude, Franklin and Bash. Very underrated. Never watched an episode. Uh, It's, it's, it's a comedy about two offbeat lawyers, him and Breck and Meyer. Oh, no, I did see an episode yeah. of that just because I, I really like Breck and Meyer. Yeah. Really. And, it, and it had the guy who was in Clockwork Orange. I can never remember his name. He's like an old guy now. And in like one of the episodes, the guy made a bunch of like Clockwork Orange references. He was like, ah, the old ain't out. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit. It's like a primetime comedy with like Clockwork Orange. So I was like a huge fan immediately. And it had that guy who's famous now, the East Indian guy. Um. Who was in that movie? Oh, he's in Silicon Valley. Oh, wow. Uh, he was in Franklin and Bash before. Oh, uh, fuck. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Patel. Uh, yeah. And he was in that movie about a disease or something, meeting a girl. Yeah. That was pretty big. That was, his true, that was a true story. Do you know that was actually based on him and his girlfriend? That wasn't him and his girlfriend. That it was, was someone else. No, it was him. No, it was someone else. No, it was... They were acting as other people, weren't they? No, it was... It, it, they were acting, but it was actually him and his girlfriend's story, but they didn't cast his girlfriend as the girlfriend, but they did cast oh. him as the main dude. That was a real story. Fuck, what is his name? How much would that suck? He's like, babe, I'm writing a movie about our life, so I'm going to talk about your disease and I'm going to talk about what happened to us. I'm going to talk about our meat cute. I'm going to talk about how we slowly fell in love. And I'm going to cast someone hotter than you. Yeah. 
And then she's like, what? He's like, no, 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 no. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm going to play me. I'm just going to get a way hotter girl to play oh, you. I, was, I, was, I feel racist now because I was like, oh, Patel, because that's a brown guy last name. It's yeah. uh, Kumal Nanjani. So I was close. Yeah. Anyways, A.C. Slater. Yeah. Oh, wait. Do we want to talk more about Saved by the Bell career choices? Because uh, Jesse Spano did Showgirls and then disappeared forever. Yeah. Uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen did... 90210, I want to say. Yeah, she was on 90210 for a bit, and then I think she was in, like, some movies as an adult. I feel like she was on another show. Dustin Diamond and, uh, what's her name? Lisa Turtle. Lisa Turtle. Uh, both went, like, she fucking off the rails. just showed up in something, I think. But, yeah, Dustin Diamond's, like, done. He did, like, a porno and went to jail for stabbing somebody. Yeah, and I thought Lisa Turtle had, like, a pretty pronounced drug problem for a while, too. Oh, yeah, probably. I don't remember. I feel like she was just in a show, but... Lark Voorhees. Like Jason Voorhees? She's looking good now. Did she, like, uh, acting. go to Camp Crystal Lake and murder some kids? Or was that just her brother? Good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know that she's been in anything lately. Oh. Anyways, do you want to talk about Mario Lopez or do we want to talk about Saved by the Bell longer? Oh, yeah. So Mario, Ma- Mario Lopez went on uh, Candace, Owens. Candace fucking Owens has a shitty right wing podcast. And for whatever reason, Mario Lopez went on it. I'll, I'll tell you why he went on it. Because all press is good press, my friend. Dude, I'm not right wing. But if Candace Owens was like, Owens was like, Dale, do you want to come on my shitty right wing podcast? I'd be like. I love your podcast. Of course I'll come on. You could plug Outrage Factor. I would. I'd be like, I'd have to say it right off the top. I'd be like, first, I'm just going to say you should go listen to Outrage Factory. And then I'd probably say something immediately to piss her off. Candace Owens, please invite Dale onto your podcast. He will debate you. Did you know Mario Lopez is only five years older than you are? I don't like that at all. (laughs) He's 45 years old. Did you know that I'm like the same age as the Sedins? Jesus Christ. My favorite thing about athletes is that you'll like look at ones that are like, and you'll be like, fuck that guy's old. He should retire. And then you like Google him and he's 33 years old. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, but they look like they're like 60. True. Those are uh, city miles. Fucking walking with a cane because they like. I don't know, played way too hard for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mario Lopez went on Candace Owens' podcast saying... Do you want me to read it? Do you want to read the exact quote? Yeah, I will read it. Okay. So they're talking about the podcast. In the discussion, Owens brings up what she calls one of the weird trends of Hollywood, parents allowing their children to pick their gender identity. Though she is not a parent herself, Owen said, I nannied for five years of my life and does not believe that children have the mental authority to make such decisions. In response, Lopez asked Owens, please don't let me into this group of Hollywood parents of what she was speaking. I'm kind of blown away too, he said. Look, I'm never one to tell anyone how to parent their kids, obviously. And I think if you come from a place of love, you really can't go wrong. But at the same time, my God. If you're three years old and you're saying you're feeling a certain way or you think you're a boy or girl, whatever the case may be, I just think it's dangerous as a parent to make that determination. Okay. I agree 100%. Before you said that, I was going to lead in by saying there is no, like, nuanced way to discuss this now. You're either, like, fully in favor of... Like this gender fluidity thing yeah. at any point in someone's life, or you're opposed to it. You know what I was doing at three years old? Well, that's like I no, I have no idea because my was brain was informed enough swimming. to retain memories. Like. I was getting hosed off because I swam in a mud puddle at three. And you're expecting kids this age? Maybe I was like, I'll, I'll accept it. Maybe I was mentally behind how kids are nowadays at three. But I don't think you're have enough wherewithal to be like, I'm going to be this gender. And parents will be like, all right, you're that gender. Like, I've always been like, just allow kids to experiment with anything they want. Like, you have a son. He's five. So Noah's five. Noah 
he occasionally like likes hopping into a dress. He loves pink shit. He like uh, really gravitates towards like princess toys. Yeah. Um, and that shit's all like fine. So I don't disagree with anything Mario Lopez said. Yeah. I think like if Noah came to me and he was like, I now identify as a girl dad, I would be like, okay, no, like, that's cool. Like, I'm not going to get you, like, gender reassignment surgery as a five-year-old. Yeah. I don't even know if they can ethically do that. Um, they they will do it. Uh, I've heard of people doing it at six. I think it's unethical. Is that, is that a real thing, though, or is that just something you heard through, like, right-wing no, shock sites or on the Joe Rogan podcast? It's something I heard on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, so probably not. Well, because if you start kids off on hormone therapy that young, it's super easy. It's a lot easier to switch the sex of a child than it is of an adult because if you have a kid who's five, you can feed him women hormones. I don't actually know the scientific term, but if you feed them women hormones, their body will start growing more towards a woman instead of a man. So yeah, I, I feel like there's kids that have been gender reassigned at that age. While in other countries, doctors may be generally reluctant to provide hormone therapy to youths under 16 and obtaining sex reassignment surgery prior to the age of 18 is almost impossible in most most countries. Ah. I would say, yeah, I don't know. Like for me, I'm always weirded out by like hormones and all that stuff. It's like. A&W doesn't even serve chicken that has hormones in it. And then you're just going to fucking nuke your kid with enough hormones to change his gender. Like, we don't know what that's going to do to his body in, like, 30 years. Yeah, but I mean, if it... So... Like, what if he gets super osteoporosis? Well, yeah, like, there there could be healthy... But if he... if So if my kid... And I'm not arguing in favor of, like, doing gender reassignment surgery on a child. I think yeah. until a child is... Should be 25, actually, because that's when your brain's fully formed. That's when yeah. you have, like, you at least, like, fuck, I'm 38. I'm still kind of figuring out what my identity yeah. is. Um, but 25 should be, like, the cutoff for you to decide this. But I think up until that point, your job as a parent is to say, like, you you have a choice. Like, you yeah. were born as male or female. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel that way or if you're not comfortable or if you relate more to the other sex, you will have a choice later on in your life to change to that. Yeah. But you don't, you don't have to, like, jump in whole hog and, like, be like if, – if Noah comes home from school one day and he's like, Dad, I'm a girl now. Yeah. I'd be like, okay. But that doesn't mean I'm going to, like – fucking like start raising him as a girl at that point i'm gonna like it it could just be something that he's like into as a phase it could be a permanent thing and if he does i'll love and support him no matter what and i'll let him know that he will have that choice later on in his life but i'm not going to like commit whole hog Mm -hmm. to the whims of a five-year-old because if noah comes home from school tomorrow and says, hey, dad, I'm a dinosaur. I'm not going to be like, well, I guess you're a dinosaur now. <laughs> like, time to start raising you as a dinosaur. Yeah. Like, five-year-olds do not have the wherewithal to decide what their gender is. Yeah, and it's like, you can't decide anything for the rest of your life at five. Like, don't get me wrong. Fuck, we're going to take so much I'm not for this saying. Day. Oh. I'm not saying a child should be able... I think, I've always thought that we should get away from the binary sexes, the binary genders as a child. Like if say Noah wants to do a bunch of girl shit, he should be able to do girl shit. If he wants to do boy shit, he should be able to do boy shit. My problem is I feel like some people like say their son is really into girl stuff. They're like, okay, you're a girl now. And they kind of jump the gun and kind of, it's kind of sexist. I feel like this whole gender reassignment thing is almost sexist in that if you have inclinations to be a girl, they don't want you to be a boy who just likes girl things. They want you to just become a girl so that it's more normal for you to do all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I would wait until a kid can like actually like communicate that like, yes, I feel, and I know, uh, we have, uh, transgender, transgender podcast listeners. I know we have, uh, people who who strongly uh believe in gender fluidity and we're not saying that doesn't exist but mm-hmm. i am saying that 
Fuck, what am I even saying? I'm just saying I'm not okay with giving, like you said, kids under, like you said, 25. I'll go down to 18. I don't think you should be able to start hormone therapy and gender reassignment until you're 18, until your body's fully grown because we don't like we're just start we're just still figuring shit out about the human body. Like we're starting to realize stuff about the gut floor and how that can affect your mood and your personality. Fucking, you have this preoccupation Dude, with gut flora. It fucking blew my mind. Like if your gut flora can affect your personality and the way you act, you gotta at least wait till you're eighteen before you start blasting your body with hormones. Because you don't my whole thing is we don't know what's gonna happen. Like Girls have less bone density than men. So if you're born a boy and then you go on hormones before you're fully grown and it affects the bone density, is that going to give you like bird bones in your 50s? Yeah, but my trade-off would be like if 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 Noah identified as a girl yeah. and he would be – and he could express this in a rational way that, that made sense. Yeah. And I knew that from – 20 to 50, he would have a higher quality of life living as a girl. And then after 50, his like bones would disintegrate and he would like turn to a puddle of goo or he would live 20 to 80 feeling like he was trapped in another person's body. Yeah. I would absolutely take the 20 to 50 route. Well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying get all the hormone treatment you want. Just do it after you're 18. Do it after your body's solidified. So your body, like all your like joints and everything is fully constructed and then switch. Oh, that's what I was going to say. A lot of people like they do have stories like I knew from like when I was six years old or eight years old or 11 years old or like 15 years old that I was this other like I'm more strongly identified as this other gender and that's fine. Yeah. And I feel like there's ways you can adopt that in your life without getting like permanent. Ah, Fuck. I, I don't know. Like, I am. No oh, yeah. Idea. No, like, I'm saying three's too young to even just say yes. you're a girl because you just don't understand. Like, if you're eight years old, like, that's what, grade three? And you're like, I want to be a girl. Sure, be a girl. I'm not going to give you hormone therapy, but I will. You could wear dresses if you want. But I'd also explain to my son, I'd be like, look, if you want to be a girl, you can. But if you want to be a boy, you're still allowed to like pink and wear dresses and you could play with dollies. You could do anything you want. You don't have to base your gender on your interests. Like if you Yeah, I don't think that's what transgenderism is though. No, I know, but I'm saying when you're young cuz when I was 8, I thought I wanted to be a girl for a while because I liked girl things and it was this whole internal struggle. And then looking back, I'm glad I didn't get like hormone therapy and stuff. Like that's one of the reasons why I'm like that, why I'm so against hormone therapy of children. Because when I was like eight to 14, I had this internal struggle. Like I wanted to feel pretty. I wanted to kind of do girl things. And then when I was like 14 or 15, I was just like, fuck it. And then I started wearing like nail polish and makeup to school and dresses. And then I remember those days. It was just kind of like this, like, I don't know, like personal growth period where I realized I could still be a boy and do these girl things and it was totally okay and I didn't have to pick which side of the gender fence I wanted to be on. I could just go back and forth if I wanted to and now like I still once like I still really like the color pink. It's pretty much my favorite color, that and yellow. But I'm happy that I'm a man because I still like smashing stuff and lighting stuff on fire. So I don't think anyone's getting gender reassignment surgery because they like the color pink. Or no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when you're seven, when you're like six or seven. Oh, that might be how you. Yeah, you might like. For me, I thought I wanted to be a girl, but I just wanted to do girl things. So, and I'm and I'm just I'm just trying to point out that if a child believes he wants to be a girl, it might not be that he fully realizes the gravity of becoming a girl, but just wants to do girl things. I'm not saying like adults, if they feel like they're a girl inside to just wear a dress and get over it. I'm saying don't give little kids hormone therapy. Like if, 
an eight-year-old wants to be a girl, let him be a girl. Just don't, like, change his physical, like, DNA and shit with hormones. I will also say that if you're an adolescent and you don't feel uncomfortable in your body, you were not raised right. Because everyone from the age of, like, 12 to 17 should just be, like, a gangly fucking mess of awkward and not like their body at all. Oh, yeah. And it's like you hear... I didn't feel comfortable in my body and stuff. And I'm not saying that's it. I'm a lot of people have like stronger feelings and stuff, but I'm like, I remember going through puberty. Yeah. Who fucking felt comfortable in their body at all? I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I didn't know where these boners were coming from and these zits and all this shit. Oh, you knew where the boners were coming from. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like you just, (laughs) your body just gets this dump of fucking, I don't know, like man hormones or whatever. And it's like, your body's going through all these changes and stuff like maybe ride it out and then do more hormones to switch genders. I think a lot of the like the rush to like, oh, I'm going to support my kid and like get like an eight year old, like raise this eight year old as a girl now is is part of like parents kind of wanting to signal their wokeness to the greater world. It's like. Like virtue signaling, or do we not say that? Well, you can't. You can. You, let's just call it signaling now, because virtue signaling has negative connotations. But just like screaming from the rooftops, "I'm a woke parent." That's a that we can call it that. But that is virtue signaling. Shh. You're signaling how much virtue you have in a false way. Virtue signaling is canceled, Dale. No, I think it's. <laughs> I like that it's negative because. My whole thing is the thing I hate more than anything is when people are being fake. And if you're saying stuff just so other people interpret your personality in a different way, then I have no. I don't even necessarily think it's fake. Like, I think these parents really like really strongly believe in like trans rights and gender fluidity and wanting to support and love your kid no matter what. And it sounds like even fucking Mario Lopez, like he did not say anything super controversial at, no. in this at all. And people are just going fucking off because he dared to step over the line of like unwokeness, just yeah. being like, Hey, like it's weird that we would want to assign a three-year-old a gender based on their inclinations. Like, I don't, I don't feel I'm not a transphobic person. I know you're not a transphobic person and we kind of share those sentiments. And I don't yeah. think that you should be fucking like, eviscerated online for daring to say maybe we walk this back a little bit yeah that's a problem that's going on everywhere right now is there's nobody's allowing anybody to have gray area like what lopez said was totally fine like a three-year-old shouldn't be able to pick their gender but that's like the that's the gray area is which age is it okay and which age is it is it not okay and people are like, no, you're either fully behind it or you're against it. Like, if you're not my friend, you're my enemy. He didn't even say people shouldn't be allowed. It. Like, there are people on the right wing who are like, if you're born a man, you're a fucking man. If you're born a woman, you're a fucking woman. He didn't even say yeah. that. Like, he's- And, like, people are treating him like he did. That's the problem is there's, a, like, a sliding scale of how transphobic people are, how trans accepting they are. And he's not lumped in with these right wing people. I don't know. Cancel culture, man. By the way, this podcast is all about the gray areas because we do not feel too strongly about anything except agreeing with AC Slater. Yeah. Uh, I will like one final note on all of that. Of course, uh, I've never been trans. I don't understand the struggle to be trans. I've never felt like trapped in my own body. So uh, I do apologize if any of this seemed insensitive to anyone. Uh, but if you do get really mad at us and you want to talk about how shitty we are, please tag us online uh, so that our podcast can gain more listeners. <laughs> we'll be right back. Yeah. I just realized that all our topic choices this week are going to make us seem like raging transphobes because we're coming down on the wrong side of a lot of very woke issues. No, we're not. Well, I've always said you need to be in the middle. 
If you're on, if you're like far on each either end, you're probably wrong in a lot of your views because for you to be like, for you to be all the way on one side, there has to be some part of you that disagrees with parts of it. Like just live in the gray area. Like I keep saying, like you literally just started saying that. No, I've been saying that for years, Jerry. <laughs> I'm going to start wearing just gray. Uh, Vancouver Pride. Uh, Vancouver Pride is this weekend. Happy uh, Happy Pride weekend to our uh, gay, trans, bisexual. Uh, uh, questioning. Uh, two spirits. Uh, uh, alliance androgynous. LGB. Lesbian, yeah. gay, bisexual. Transsexual, uh, or transgender, or transsexual, transgender, transgendered. I think LG- transsexual is actually offensive. LGBTQ queer questioning. Yeah. Questioning. It used to be queer, but then queer got turned into a bad word, so now it's questioning. Two, which is two spirit, and plus, which, which is plus like whatever. Hey, regardless of uh, who, what, where, or when you fuck, uh, happy pride to yeah. you. What, uh, yeah, I don't know why Vancouver couldn't do it in the month that everybody else was doing it. Oh, wait, we looked into this and I can't remember. Well, what. I feel like Vancouver started doing their pride thing first, like before yeah. pride was so like mainstreamed. Well, and like the Davy community has always been like very proud. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Vancouver is basically the San Francisco of Canada, which mm-hmm. is where... Uh, it's kind of been this like gay uh, utopia. Yeah, that eh, might be overstating it, but it's been very gay friendly for a very, very long time. Yeah, specifically Davy Street and the, just it, the, west, the West End. The West End, yeah. Yeah, like they have, which is where we lived for the first ten years. We lived in Vancouver. I didn't live. I only lived there for two years, and I moved to Calgary. All right, which is very the opposite. Did not have pink bus stops. <laughs> I'm just going to put it that or way. Or rainbow crosswalk. Actually, I feel like Calgary is almost accepting in its gayness because everybody drives everywhere so you don't see each other on the street, so people just kind of ignore you whereas Vancouver everybody's walking around. So you're always seeing so many people. So Calgary accepts people as long as they don't have to see you and you aren't flaunting your gayness in their big country faces. Yeah. Uh, So uh, the Vancouver Pride everything is happening this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Vancouver Pride Festival, which basically organizes the parade and all the pride events, uh, has uh, taken the step of banning two very progressive left-leaning organizations from taking part in the parade this week. Uh, The Vancouver Public Library and uh, the University of British Columbia. Uh, That is such bad news. You can't ban the public library. The place where everybody gets free knowledge. Like There is no place more equitable than a fucking library. Anyone can. Homeless people can get library cards. You can download audiobooks for free. That's ridiculous. Like, you can go get anything. Like, they have DVDs. You can go... They have podcast studios. They have a podcast studio. They have fucking bunch of books. I went there and they're like, okay. Because, like, I got a Vancouver Public Library card, but I live in Burnaby. And they're like, just so you know, since you live in Burnaby, you can only take out 15 items instead of the 25. (laughs) And I was like, wait, how long do I have... To return everything. Like, oh, yeah, three weeks. I was like, what? How am I going to do anything with 25 items, yeah. books in three weeks? 50, three weeks wouldn't even give me enough time to sell 15 items on the black market. Yeah. Like, I got a book out a week and a half ago, and I read 11 pages. Good job. Hey. That's about how fast <laughs> I read books. Uh, if there is ever a public spat between anything and a library, I will be on the side of the library oh, me every too. fucking time. Every time. Library never hurt no one. Uh, well, apparently they hurt people on the Vancouver Pride Committee. So what the library and UBC did is they both allowed uh, Megan Markle? Megan? No, Megan. I was just looking at it. Megan Murphy. Megan Murphy, who is, uh, as we covered on a previous podcast episode, a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. Yes. Uh, 
from the Vancouver area. Uh, this is a woman who essentially is Lady Jordan Peterson. Uh, no, she's not. She, if Jordan Peterson was a feminist, he, she basically got famous for refusing to call people by their uh, gen- their preferred pronouns. No, she got fame. Like, TERFs are people who don't accept trans men to females as lesbians. Which... It has nothing to do with like. No, she refused to call. She got she got banned from Twitter and then turned around and sued Twitter. She got banned from Twitter for referring to refer to trans people by their preferred pronouns and got banned from Twitter for it and then turned around and tried to sue Twitter. Yeah, I'm not sure how that worked out for her. Nor do I give a fuck. Nor do I care about anything Megan Murphy says. Yeah, or I'm does. not defending Megan Murphy. I don't want to. I just think that if you're going to ban the library because they let someone speak there, that's bad news. A library is literally a marketplace of ideas. You can go there and you can find any fucking book on any topic that you want and you can take it out for free. God bless the library. Uh, And uh, yeah, like I I don't know that the library, like whatever, fuck, like they gave her a spot to speak. They yeah. didn't shoot. You know how you get back at her? You don't go to her speech, and then she's talking to the backs of empty chairs. That's how you get revenge. You don't take away someone's platform to speech because that's what a dictatorship is. So what's, uh, and I just find it like beyond fucking stupid that, so the Pride Society is trying to like use, uh, the leverage of appearing in their fucking parade uh, to get both UBC and Vancouver public library uh, to change their policies around who they allow to speak at, at their places. And I think like I tweeted about it. I'm like, that's basically peak capitalism is you have this, like you now have this capitalist pride organization Mm -hmm. trying to bully two, uh, two fucking, uh, publicly funded institutions into changing their policies by saying you can't participate in our monument to gay capitalism that is the Pride Parade, yeah. which is basically like, fine, like fucking ten, even ten years ago, Pride was all about like because it wasn't main, it certainly wasn't mainstream acceptance even when we moved to Vancouver, um, yeah, it was in Vancouver, but even like worldwide, like yeah. there there were still the fights for for gay rights. Um, and now it's basically like, oh, if you have like tens of thousands of dollars to throw our way to sponsor a fucking float, sure, come take part in the Pride Parade. Yeah, uh, this is corporations. Like, this is like shame blackmail. It's like, oh, unless you do what we want, then we're gonna blackmail you by shaming you by not allowing you to take part in our Pride Parade. Another thing too is, what are these? Like they say they don't want Megan Murphy to speak. Fine, whatever. Like, if you somehow prove it's hate speech, I could see not allowing her to do the hate speech. But you can't ban someone from talking. But one further step, how are they going to, like, what is the, say, what does the library have to do for the gay pride to accept them? Do they, does the gay pride have a list of people and organizations that are allowed to speak at the library? Well, no, it would probably, I mean, I'm sure they do internally, or it would just be on a case by case thing. Like, hey, Vancouver Public Library, if you want to have someone speak at your library, you check with us first, or you won't be able to take part in our parade. So they want to, like, and rainbow library cards. They want to lord their position over a public place so they can pick and choose who gets to be heard. Yeah, it's it's bullshit. It is yeah. that, the worst kind of bullshit. And uh, I, I'm surprised that it's not more of a PR nightmare for the Pride. Everyone's coming down on the side of the Pride Festival, again, because we all want to appear super woke. Uh, fuck Virtue Megan signal. Murphy. I think Megan Murphy is shitty. Uh, but I do not think that a any publicly funded institution, let alone a fucking library or a fucking university should be barred from taking part in a parade supporting gay people, which they've probably done since the beginning of fucking time because it's a library uh, for allowing someone to speak once, one time. Yeah, and... I'm heated. 
Oh, I've, I couldn't disagree with this more because this, this, this is how you get Trump. <laughs> you keep saying that. This is exactly no how you get Trump. I mean, I'm Trump. not, not going to vote for a conservative politician just no, because No, me and you will never right. vote for a, con- for a conservative politician. But I would if they sponsored our podcast. Think of, Hint. think if you were like more right wing than we are. Like we're. I consider myself in the center somewhere, in the gray area, yeah. like I like to keep saying. Consider yourself like, I don't know, like you're a 55-year-old, not staunch conservative. You're like a liberal-leaning centrist. And then you hear the Pride Parade doesn't want or won't allow the library to speak because... No, I still wouldn't. I'd be mad at no, the Pride I'm, Parade. I'm, I'm saying like, yeah, but they're like, oh, what... And then it turns into an us versus them. So you see the pride as the left. And then you're like, well, the left is just fucking. So that is the problem is that people see these organizations or even individuals behaving shittily or doing dumb shit. And they're like, oh, you're on the left. So I'm going to just like group all leftists together and vote right. The, The problem isn't. I mean, the problem is that the pride parade did this. Yeah. The very specific problem. But the broader problem is that everyone wants to, like, everyone feels like they're a fucking hero in some culture war story right now. (laughs) And, like, we all want to be the hero of the culture wars. So everything is just, like, boiled down to this us versus them mentality. Yeah. And it's fucking insane. How are we supposed to live like this? How are we supposed to have like communities and countries and organizations and successful podcasts in a world where everyone's mad at everyone else all the time? And it's like the worst part is, okay, so it's us versus them. Okay, whatever. You pick two groups. Good. It's us versus them. And then each group keeps finding something to fight over. So it's a smaller us and them. And then you have like a thousand groups and you're like, wait. The library and the gay pride parade are friends? <laughs> Which side am I on? And then you're like... The library. I'm on the library yeah, side. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, I picked the library. And then the gay pride parade's like, what? You're with them? You're not with us? And you're like, oh, shit, no, I don't mind gay... They're like, don't you like gay people? They're like, no, I just like free books more. Or you side with the library, and then you find out there's a lot of library infighting going on over, like, a different fucking issue, and you're just yeah. like, fuck, I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. Uh, I've officially, so the Democratic debates are going on in the States right now. I have realized, particularly because I spend so much less time on Twitter now than I used to, I don't care about politics anymore. I do not care. I cannot be bothered to care. Welcome back, Derek. Just like, fuck it. I am like, so they're in my like 20s and 30s, and even now everyone's like, we got to, like, overcome voter apathy and, like, make sure people get out to vote. And I'm like, you are fucking causing voter apathy by, like, turning everything into a battle. Yeah. I cannot be bothered to care about any of this shit anymore mm-hmm. ever again. Yeah. And it's that's like, it. I will never vote again. Really? Whoa, that's pretty st- – I'm definitely not voting in the next Canadian election. Oh, man. It's so There are no hard. good candidates. Like, politics is like pulling teeth. It's like you, it's like one of those things. It's like a little kid eating broccoli. It's like your parents are like you should eat this. It's healthy for you. If you want to pick the way what your the way the way your country is going to be shaped, you have to eat your broccoli. And you're like, but I fucking hate broccoli and I don't want to. And then you like you're fucking trying to eat it and you're trying to eat it. And then you just like one one day you're just like, what if I don't care about country the country as a whole just because I don't want to eat broccoli? Like that's where I am. Yeah. I'm so glad you don't care about politics. Does that mean we can never talk about politics? No, we'll still probably talk because it makes people angry so much all the time. So we got, I mean, this is an anger podcast, so it's by extension a politics podcast. So you say you don't care about politics. Yes, correct. But you definitely, okay, if you could vote in the American election, do you have someone you'd vote for or do you just not care? If I was in the states yeah. voting in America I would vote for whoever the Democrats put up just so Trump doesn't get reelected oh yeah but that is absolutely not what democracy was intended to do like no one should be forced yeah. to vote for a candidate they don't like or agree with or believe in just because they're marginally less shitty than the other guy that's not democracy you know what would be the biggest nightmare was if Trump 
wasn't the Republican that got to be president and they went back to like a secret Republican who did all the shitty shit but kept it under the sly so you didn't really know what was going on, that would be fucking terrifying. Like Trump has like his one thing about him is he's trying to do all this bad shit but he's always just like bragging about doing all this bad shit so a lot of the times he gets stopped. Could you imagine if there's like a Republican who was trying to do all the same stuff as he did but didn't tweet about it? Yeah. That would be terrifying. That would be much worse. Did you see uh, – I saw a clip today uh, that was very interesting. It was Trump in an interview. Yeah. And he starts talking about what a nice guy he is uh, and how like on the inside uh, he's a nice guy and talks about how mean the job he's in forces him to be. And then he actually starts like – he gets choked up and he starts crying and immediately his handlers are like shutting down the interview and oh, take fuck. him out of the room. And I was like, holy shit. That's a, that's a new side of Trump I haven't seen before. I would love – like I don't want to see him just break down for like pure like car accident viewing. But could you imagine if he did the like – if he won again and had the turnaround to be like nice guy Trump? He's like, look – they fucking made me do it. They threatened my family. They told me all this bad shit about who owns what, the Illuminati, but I don't care anymore. I'm just going to be like <laughs> the, the nice Illuminati. guy. Stop listening to Joe Rogan, please. Joe Rogan never talks about the Illuminati <laughs> because he's part of the Illuminati. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like if he because I always feel like politicians are like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then they get into power and the people who are like running everything are like, all right, sit down. You're not fucking doing anything. Yeah. Here's how this really works. Here's a fucking post-it note that tells you what you're going to do. And it just says what we want or you're dead. Yeah. And your family's dead and your dogs are dead. And you won't get to take part in our parade. (laughs) And we'll shave your head. That would work for both Trump and I just Vancouver Pride. No, um, our prime minister. Oh, Trudeau. Yeah. Which uh, there was a fucking f- Twitter photo op of him visiting the Fountainhead Pub, uh, which is a gay pub in Vancouver. Oh, oh, which, Trudeau doing a photo op. Delicious brunch. We used to eat brunch there. Hey, wait. Semi frequently. Is he gonna lead the Pride Parade again? Oh, I imagine that's what he's in town for. Do you think he's going to wear a pink shirt? Well, is it, or rainbow socks? How Who the fuck knows, daring. man? Sky's the limit with that How guy. Dare. He I'm should so shave fucking his head. over it. He should, why? Because <laughs> I would get personal joy if he shaved his head. Would you vote for Justin Trudeau in the next election? I'm voting for Justin Trudeau in the next election. Not because I like Justin Trudeau, but because I like liberals. That's why I voted for him last time. I mean, so the reason I would vote for Justin Trudeau in the next election is that at least I know with him, he's going to continue doing nothing. Yeah. Versus like Andrew Scheer would come in and just undo a bunch of the shit. Yeah. Previous. Well, Justin Trudeau didn't do much, but Andrew Scheer would come in and be like, Oh, I got to change things to match my fucking white bread conservative (laughs) mandate. Yeah. And, uh, Jagmeet Singh would come in and be like, I'm not doing a brown guy voice because that would be racist. Yeah, because you're not Trevor Noah, so you can't just get away with racist With voices. doing every voice because yeah. who knows what the fuck that guy is. <laughs> uh, Jagmeet Singh would come in and be like, we are now like a very left-leaning country and like everyone gets free welfare and social assistance. Okay. Trudeau will just like do nothing for another This is why years. I vote for Trudeau. He's not some idealistic naive person like the NDP and he's not evil like the conservatives. He's just... Half of that, half of each. He's half idealist, but still kind of evil. To our American listeners, this is the benefit of having a three-party system versus a two-party system, is you're not just left and right, which, okay, you're not just center right and right. Yeah. You also have that third option for everyone to ignore or split their votes. It would be like this. If in your last election you had... Bernie Sanders as an NDP candidate, Hillary Clinton as a liberal, and Trump as a conservative. Which, the way it usually works in Canada is that people who are to the left of extremely right vote, split their votes between the liberal and the NDP, and then the conservatives get all the right-wing votes, and they just come into power. Well, usually what happens is Canada... 
is kind of spread out and doesn't have like a strong GDP and doesn't have like a strong might behind him. So it's like people will vote for whoever's going to make the money and then they'll get sick of that and they'll get idealists. So they'll go the other way. And then once that happens for a bit, they'll go back to the money makers, which is the conservatives and the liberals like NDP will never be prime minister. That's like, although to be fair. So uh, NDP, the knock on NDP is always that they're bad for economies and they're bad for spending and they're bad for, you look at the last NDP government in Alberta actually had a fucking budget surplus, like yeah. coming out of that fucking mess of a recession. Uh, and the economy in BC is fucking booming right now under an NDP government. Like we are doing very well. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's like one of those narratives that kind of like, yeah, they, they do invest heavily in social spending, but I also think that like they've, they've adopted some new economic policies, uh, that, seem to, that. Be, seem to be working out for them. Like not building a bridge to Ladner and just making everybody go through the fucking massive <laughs> tunnel the still. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, remember that fucking tunnel that goes under the swamp that we were scared of 30 years ago and we finally spent like hundreds of million dollars in R&D to change? Uh, yeah, we're just going to keep it. Yeah, there. why not keep it? It's, it's a fucking fine tunnel. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I got to get going so I can clean my part. Uh, my long distance girlfriend, Kate, is coming to visit me in Vancouver for the first time this weekend. She will probably be watching us podcast during our next podcast. Nice. Recording. And the best part was, this was, am I, am I allowed to say what she said was your deal breaker? Like she said that meeting, like you asked her what, what would deal be a breaker. deal breaker yeah. would be. And she said, if I meet your friends and they're all complete fucking loser assholes. I mean, she didn't say it like I'm paraphrasing because she's nice. She wouldn't call me and all of it. Derek's other friends completely. Also, I don't don't think that was the deal. Like one of her definite deal breakers was me having a messy Tupperware drawer. So guess what? The first thing I cleaned was. Oh, Tupperware drawer. Okay, if you're not going to marry her, I will. Because (laughs) a messy fucking Tupperware drawer is the fucking worst. Like. There's been, like, times where I just, like, I'm like, oh, I need Tupperware. And then I think of how messy the Tupperware drawer is. And I just be like, <laughs> fuck, fuck it. it. I'm going to throw in this garbage bag yeah, instead. This, <laughs> this food is going in the garbage. <laughs> like, I used to take all of my lunch into sandwich Ziploc bags because I didn't want to deal with Tupperware. It's and, awful. Uh, where the fuck do the lids go, man? Where do they go? I'll tell you Every what time. You got to get those big-ass Tupperwares. That you don't ever use because they fit like a whole casserole. You get one of those and you put all the little bottoms in. And then you get another one that's half the size and you put all the lids in that one. And you put them sideways. And then if you need one, you pull it out. You take the bottom and then you pull out something else that has all the lids in. You got to keep them separate. Are you moving in on my girlfriend right now? No. Is that what you're trying to do? This is – this is – okay. I also I think her concern was more how I am around my friends than my friends that like she's listening to the podcast and she yeah. knows you're my most offensive friend. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was like, I'm easily your most offensive friend and she listens to me and she doesn't hate me yet. So you're pretty much gold in that area. I think so. Yeah. Who knows? Jared could pipe up and say something fucking stupid. I doubt he will. Yeah, I know he won't. His girlfriend Jared's, will be there too. Jared's also kind of. I don't know how to say this nicely, but he's not like confident. <laughs> I enough. don't know how to say this. Nicely. He's, he's not confident enough to be super offensive. Like he could never say something that would piss off an entire room because he would just get too much anxiety from it. Yeah. Whereas I will still get anxiety from it, but I say also anyways. find it hilarious. <laughs> so part of me is just like, fucking say it. It'll be funny. And then I say it and I'm like, I shouldn't have fucking said that, but it was funny. And by then it's too late. No yeah. take backsies. Uh, wait. Oh, we got mailbag. Mailbag. We should get a song for mailbag. Uh, mailbag. Good. That's it. Nailed it. Nice. Nailbag. <laughs> Nailbag. Nailbag. Uh, things that made people mad this week. Bosses who don't pay you or anyone else close down and then partner with another company and open in a different spot a week later. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Capitalism. Capitalism. You don't have to point out that that's going to piss you off because that is fucking infuriating and illegal. Uh, people. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Of all the people I've met, the worst ones were people. 
people bitching about an Amber Alert waking them up at 3 a.m. Oh, did that happen again? I feel like we've talked about this. We did, but apparently it happened again. Every single... Oh, we never talked about those murderers who are on the loose. And now people are like taking their chance to take cheap shots at the fucking police because they can't find two young men in the Canadian wilderness. Yeah, in like northern Canada, which good fucking luck, buddy. It's like... A million kilometers. Those guys are gone. Of just fucking trees. Like Those everybody. Kids are gone. When they think about Canada, they've only been in the big cities. So it's like you, you're in Vancouver. You're like, you can find someone here. There's streets everywhere. Was it like 90% of the Canadian population lives within 50 kilometers of the U.S. border? And yeah. the rest of it is the second largest landmass by country in the world. The rest of it is just like wilderness. Yeah. It's like. You're going to find two white guys out there? Yeah. And they're not, like, if they know anything, like, they're not going to light fires. They burned their car. They're fucking looking for I like how you're like, they're not going to light fires, but they also lit a fire (laughs) in a car. Well, I mean, like, one of the easiest ways to get caught, which I've been told was on Man Tracker, was if you're camping or, like, if you're on the run in the woods and you light a fire that just gives you You away. You can see the smoke, yeah. Which I know because I've watched science fiction and they're always like... We can't light a fire because then the monster will see us and come and eat us. Yeah. Apparently what these kids did, so they took a car from Vancouver. They drove up north. They found, they lit their car on fire as like a whatever. Got a good Samaritan stop. Killed him. Took his car. Yeah. Drove his car. Killed two, I think they were Australians. Yeah. Tourists randomly. And then just like fucking booked it from there. And last I heard they were in like northern Ontario possibly. Yeah, like the thing, yeah, they were in Manitoba for a while, and then I think they've been sighted in Alberta. But it's just like, guys, if nobody tells the police where these guys are, like, most of the way Canadian police catch someone is somebody calling up and being like, oh, hey, I uh, saw those guys you're after, they're over here. Because it's like, you don't know where the fuck they are. Like, they could, you could get on a dirt bike and not be seen forever. Like, think of how hard it is when a hiker gets lost. Like, if a hiker's on the grouse grind and he's not back in seven hours, they have to spend, like, two full days looking for that looking person. Looking for him on a tiny, like, that's one mountain. Yeah, and you're only within, like, three or four hours walking distance in any direction. Now, imagine that by fucking however far, and, like, somebody could be helping these guys... Like, somebody could be like, yeah, whatever, fuck, I don't care, take this car, and you're gone. Yeah. These guys are fucking, they're gone. So what I'm saying is... No one's going to find them. Guys, just relax, lay off the police, they'll fucking get them. They won't get them. Well... These guys are going to live out my dream. When I was 13 years old, I read My Side of the Mountain, which was this children's book about a boy who runs away from home and lives in the woods and has a pet falcon that, like, does hunting for him, uh... He doesn't murder anyone. How did he get a pet falcon? Uh, he just, like, I don't know, like, fucking made friends with one How of the woods. How does a 13-year-old tame a falcon? What? Fuck, I don't know, man. I can't remember the book. I just this knew is, we did it. This is poking the bookshelf <laughs> from the backside all over again. <laughs> uh, Honestly, I think these guys are just going to starve to death in the woods. Yeah. I mean, they definitely didn't look like rugged survivalists in the yeah. pictures that were posted. So, uh, my other favorite thing is that the dad... Uh, of one of the murderers. Yeah. Uh, like, gave this, like, uh, really, like, heart-wrenching interview where he was crying about how he knew his son was already dead and this was his son trying to go out in a blaze of glory and then turned around and the exact next day uh, tried using the fact that his son is getting famous for murdering people and being on the run to sell his book. <laughs> yeah, which his book, I don't even know what it's about. Like, I read the jacket no cover. And it's the man about, does seem a little un- unhinged. Oh, he's definitely unhinged. He wrote this like entire novel about like I think his dad got injected by AIDS by the Red Cross in the 80s. Or it's about his domestic turmoils with his wife where he was punished and she wasn't or something by the court. I don't, I don't even fucking know. know. And I don't care enough to look into it. But it's, like, funny because it's, like, could you believe, like, people on Twitter, like, could you believe this guy's peddling this book? And then they show a picture of the book, and you're, like, now you're peddling yeah. it. <laughs> How many people read that picture of the book you posted? Yeah. And you're, like, oh, I'm going to check this crazy Yeah, or, like, me, where you're, like, 
what the fuck is this book about? And then I just immediately got lazy and didn't even Google it. But there's people out there who are like, I'm going to Google this book. And then they just get like down the rabbit. This is an era where if anyone gets famous for any reason. Yeah. Even if you're like just like tangentially related to it, you can use that as opportunity. Like if Dale when murdered a bunch of fucking people, do not think for one second that I wouldn't be like, hey, I denounce everything he did. But also, we recorded 97 episodes of this fucking baller podcast. Check it out. Outreach Factory. And they'll listen to this podcast. They'll be like, Dale's pretty lazy. I don't think he would kill anybody. (laughs) There's no fucking Xbox in the woods. How is he going to read memes if he's on the run? Guess he's innocent. (laughs) Yeah, it's a conspiracy. Uh, All right. Hey, thanks for tuning in to episode 97 of Outreach Factory. As always, I've been your co-host, Derek Bolin. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at Herder. I've been your other co-host, Dale DeRuder. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at SuperDaleBot. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook at dot 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 com slash Outrage Fact Pod. <laughs> yeah. I know how the internet works. The Facebook web address <laughs> slash Outrage, outrage Fact Pod. Uh, yeah. Wherever you le- get your podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us. Tell and your friends about us. If you put a million dollars in our Patreon account, I will quit my job and dedicate eight hours a day to this podcast if you put fifty dollars into our patreon account today dale will devote five seconds to tongue kissing me (laughs) (laughs) on camera (laughs) could you imagine if we got like a thousand dollars i will take it i would be like we have to tongue kiss Every fucking episode. Yeah, we could actually turn this into a tongue kissing. You know, <laughs> could you imagine? We just become. This is our launch off to a YouTube channel of being like, "Yo, we're two straight dudes, and we're gonna kiss," and then we'd be famous. There's gotta be a market for that, right? How many times could we? How many videos could we have where we're two straight dudes who kiss before we're just two dudes who kiss, and then we're just, <laughs> just two, two gay, gay dudes? dudes. <laughs> Like, is there a tipping point? Yeah, at what point would you be like, oh, I actually kind of enjoy this. <laughs> first, first time. <laughs> uh, okay, enjoy watching that when you're in town. Uh, hey, until next week. Stay angry. Neon beams was flashing. The DJ played the rapture. Saw the lights reflected rays. She was dressed like Chloe Sevier. Met her on the seventh day of tour. It was going off on the road. Twelve apostles out there trying to spread the gospel.